You are now listening to the Faith Community Bible Church podcast. It's our prayer that this message is not only a blessing to you, but to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in our community by caring for the community. God bless. We're in Romans. We're in Romans. Romans. Y'all walking through Romans uh, over the last several weeks, y'all, and we are just at Romans 3. Um, We will close out Romans 3 today. Romans 3. Um, I'm going to begin um, at verse 21 today. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, beginning at verse 21. It's where we'll be when you have that. Why don't you stand with me real quick as we uh, as we read these 10 verses today? Again, we're going to close out. Close out chapter 3. What's up, Lanisha? I see you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Romans 3. When you have it, won't you say, I got it? it. If you need more time, say, I'm turning. All right. Romans chapter three, um, beginning at verse 21. Here it is. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, He had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is it God, the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means, on the contrary, we uphold the law. Such is the reading of the word. The word of the Lord is blessed. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. We honor you. We adore you. We magnify you. We make you big and we acknowledge the fact that even through passages like these is a reminder that your goodness is running after us. So I pray today that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. This prayer and all of our prayers we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grab your seats this morning. As we look, y'all, at Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 31, I want to preach uh, from a subject accepted but not denied. Accepted but not denied. I don't know about y'all, but that topic excites me. Right. So I'm going to say it again. Accepted, but not denied. 
accepted but not denied. Reading this text and thinking about the reality of being accepted, my mind went back to Pastor Darren when my wife and I went to go get our first house. We were excited. We were ready. I mean, this house had floor to floor walls and wall to wall floors. We even, Mike and Davina, did something interesting. We began to speak it into existence. Right. We said, hey, we're going to speak this thing. Right. Reality of it all is that we claimed it. There was only one problem. We were denied. I want to tell you, right, for those who who embrace this whole theological dynamic of, right, you can speak it into existence. There wasn't nothing wrong with our faith. There was something wrong with our credit. Right. If you want to dive deeper into that conversation, hit my line this week. Right. But it wasn't nothing wrong with our faith. Right. Something was wrong with our credit. We, right. Right. We spoke it. We claimed it. We wanted it. Uh, and in our mind, it was ours. We just knew that we would be approved. But then the lender said, hey, it called us, hey, you've been denied. When we asked why, the lender shared that we couldn't get approved because we didn't have a high enough credit score. You think about that for a minute and apply it to even your spiritual life. Many of us are expecting different things to happen on our behalf when it has nothing to do with faith, but everything to do with spiritual credit. We don't have credit with God, meaning that, right, we, we, we tend to speak that we have a relationship with God, but nothing about us actually shows proof. Nothing about us, if will, shows evidence, right? Remember, right, if we look at Romans 3, verses 1 through 20, we realize that all of us are tore up from the flow up. All of us are jacked up. None is righteous. No one, uh, no, not one. No one does good, right? All of us, right, all of our tongues have a stench. This stench of this grave, right? Like we we are so dead without Christ on the inside that everything we say, everything we do at best is selfish, which which causes this stench, this ungodly stench that turns folk off. But here's the thing. While all of us are sinners, we, we learn really over the last couple of weeks that our sin really separates us from God. But. But today, if you will allow me to, I want to stir your shout. I want to give you some excitement if I can. Right. We walk through chapter uh, chapter one, beginning at verse 18, all the way to chapter three, the verse 20. And it was almost hopeless. There was nothing to get excited about. Right. Because Paul did a great job at telling us that we were tore up. But now he's communicating right here in this, as he closes out this chapter, he's, he switched gears from sin to salvation. He switched gears right from you are messed up to you're approved. Right? While our sin causes separation, here's your shout. And if this don't stir you, it's going to be a long sermonic time today, right? While our sin causes separation through Christ, we have God's approval. 
I don't know, right? Uh, well, well, I almost said I don't know who this is for. No, I, this is for everybody. I know you felt denied. I know you kind of felt like your life was over because things weren't going your way. I know folk counted you out, right? All this other stuff, right? You've been denied, but, but, but what God wants us to see today, I know you feel denied. I know you feel left behind. I know you feel like it ain't got like all this crazy stuff that's happening, but because of the finished work of Jesus, you've been approved. God is approving you. I remember, I remember Sister Juanita right back in my day, right? They used to have, y'all remember McDonald's, right? I ain't talking about the new McDonald's with broken ice cream machines. I'm talking about the one where they double checked, right? Y'all remember, right, um, when you used to go to McDonald's, right, and you used to place your order, uh, Elder Sheldon, and they would check the bag and then they would put a sticker. They put a sticker, right? It was a red sticker with two yellow checks, right? The, 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 the sticker says double checked for approval, right? This says, hey, we know what you ordered, right? We, we put it in here and then we double checked it to make sure that everything that was allotted to you was given. Well, hear this, right? Right. Because we are sinners and our sins separated us from God, God, through the finished work of his son, has put a sticker on all of us, right? With It ain't got two checks, but it got two empty crosses that's saying, hey, I know you got denied and right, you may have got your order wrong. People may have got your order wrong. People may have counted you out, but because of the finished work of Jesus, you are approved. We are approved and not denied. While our sin separates us through Christ, we have God's approval. See, most of us, we live our lives looking for approval from others. We look for approval from family, from friends, co-workers, anybody who will give a listening ear to what we have to say. Anybody that will stand around us and give us a two thumbs up, right? Everybody, right, wants approval. All of us, if we're honest, have been guilty of looking for some sort of approval or acceptance. It's a known fact that all of us, in some shape, form, or fashion, we desire to be right. We desire to be good with others, wanting to be a part of, if will, the in crowd. But the truth of the matter is that while it's great to have others to confide in, while it's seemingly awesome to have the vote of confidence from others, the only approval, the only right vote, the only righteousness that matters is that which comes from God, our creator. Yeah, it's it, it, it's great to talk to different people about the goings on of life. It's it, it's great to have others to tell us that we are all good and get a five star rating for from those around us. But what matters, what should matter to each and every last one of us is to have God's approval. And at the end of the day, y'all, what matters most is being made right with God. The reasons why his approval is the only one that really matters Really, it's because only he can judge us. Y'all remember chapter two, right? Only God can judge us. He is the righteous judge. His way, God's way of approving us, his way of accepting us, right, is not contingent upon opinion. His way of accepting us is not contingent upon style. It's not contingent upon trends or what's most popular, but his approval is solely based on his word. I, I know and understand that the world approves us, accepts us, makes us right when we behave like them. The world approves us when we talk like them. The world wants to approve us right when we do things like they do. 
right? That's why, right, the world is quick to counsel when you don't think like them. But like, think about this. It's interesting that the world will counsel, will cancel you for not thinking like them, but they also protest for freedom of thought. <laughs> that, that's weird, right? We just don't know what we, we, we have selective reasoning here. We select what we reason to be right. And if people, like everybody all good until they disagree. The world, right? Um, um, approves us based off of um, what they think or what they want things to be. You do something wrong or say something out of line, all of a sudden, right, you're counseled. What's tremendous about God is that he does desire us to walk with him, to talk to him, to behave like him. But, but hear this, even in all of that, we have the privilege to be in a relationship with a God who never changes. Even when we sin, even when we say wrong things, even when we hang with the wrong crowds, even when we're consistently inconsistent, even when we're disobedient, he's still there with us. Our God never leaves us nor forsakes us. Why? Because, right, he wants us to have his approval. We need his approval. We need the righteousness that he provides. Understand something here. Righteousness. Righteousness is the condition of being made acceptable to God. Being righteous is having integrity. Being righteous is having a virtue, a, a, a purity, a rightness. Being righteous is having correct thinking, correct feeling, or, or, or which then affects right behavior. In order to get right with God, y'all, we must first understand what is wrong. And, and we've already kind of addressed this, right? Like, like you, you can understand what's right by understanding what's wrong. Well, what's wrong? Sin. The answer is sin, right? There is no one who does good, not even one. We have all rebelled against God's commands. We, like sheep, have gone astray. The bad news is that the penalty of sin is death. The soul who sins is the one who will die, is what Ezekiel 18 says, right? But the good news is that a loving God has pursued us in order to bring salvation to us. Jesus declared his purpose. Jesus said in Luke, right, his purpose was to seek and to save what was lost. And he pronounces he pronounced his purpose accomplished when he died on the cross with three words. It is finished. Notice he said it is finished. He never said you were. Right. That means that because of what Jesus did on the cross. Right. We're not finished. Right. Y'all remember the song. We've only just begun. Right. Right. He, he Jesus. Right. His purpose. Right. Was to ensure that the sinfulness and the and the work of this world is finished because we get to spend eternity with him. That's his face. The way of saying you are approved and not denied. Having a right relationship with God begins with acknowledging our sin. Next, then comes humble confession of your sin to God and the determination to forsake the sin. It is it is with uh, Romans 10 says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Paul. Y'all remember, he opens chapter three here dealing with few things that were going on in chapter two after teaching them that God will judge them all. He opens chapter three defending God's righteous judgment 
1 through 8 pointing out sinfulness, right? He used this to cause us really to do some introspection. Not to point the finger at others, but to look at ourselves. Understand that whatever we do or say, hear this, God is going to be God and all of us really are in his hands. Right. That's why, right, we can rest in the fact that while our sin separates us through the finished work of Christ, we're accepted or approved by God is because really all of us are in his hands. Think about it. Come here. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9. But all this I laid a heart examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know both are before him. It is the same for all since the same event happens to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner and he who swears as he who shuns an oath. Right. All of us are in the hands of God. All of us. Right. Like like. Even if you, right, try to do things to bypass God, you still going to have to go through his hands. All of us are in God's hands. How, how do I know this? Because God is sovereign. It is he who has infinite rule. He is in control of all things. We are all sinners in need of God's approval, be it Jew, Gentile, man, woman, boy, girl, husband, wife, sister, brother. All of us stand guilty before God and we need his approval. We need his righteousness. He, he, he begins, right, really to deal with this, helping us see Right through verses 9 through 20, that the only level ground is at the feet of the cross. Right. I know. Right. That. Right. We we have created this thought or this idea that we're the greatest miracle since Miracle Whip. I know that for whatever reason, we've created this idea. Right. That um, you different from your Facebook friend because they going through all this other stuff. And right. You like, oh, I'm so glad I ain't as bad as them. But can, can I let me be honest with you. You are as bad as them, if not worse. Right. The only level ground is at the feet of the cross. Right. He begins to walk through this. What then? Are we Jews any better off? Not at all. For we have all uh, we've already charged that all both Jews and Greeks are under sin. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. I know. Right. You thought that you was by yourself and you was doing your thing. But do you know he says in chapter three to Together you become worthless. I mean, you ain't come worthless by yourself, right? We always say misery loves company because together we come worthless. We become worthless. Together we become worthless. He points all of this out, right? So we got to understand, right, that none of us are righteous. We don't seek God. We've turned our backs on him. We are worthless, quick to do things to hurt others. But hear this. Remember, right, I ain't trying to get you bogged down by your sin. I'm trying to stir your shout. Here it is. While all, while all of our sin causes separation through Christ, we have God's approval. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm not, I'm not trying to get you stuck on, right, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 20, right? You can go back and listen to those two, right, on the podcast or on YouTube. But I need you to understand, right, that while our sin causes separation through Christ, we have God's approval. All of us have sinned, the scripture says, and fallen short of the glory of God. That being the case, God has provided, <laughs> I love this, God has provided a righteousness to unrighteous people. He's provided a righteousness to unrighteous people. But the question for me, Lady Tracy, is how? If all of us are sinners and you're telling me, Pastor Micah, I'm approved and not denied, how do I get this approval from God? In order to receive this righteousness that God has provided for us, the, the, uh, 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 the unrighteous, there are a couple of things, right, that this text shows us. I'll point out to you, right? Number one, we know that we're approved and not denied, number one, because, because a sacrifice was made. A sacrifice was made. Watch what he says, right? Beginning at verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He says, that's his fancy way system I need to say, everybody toe up. Right? But then he comes in verse 4 and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. When we really want to be approved by God, when we really desire to experience righteousness, what we should do uh, or what we find here in this text, number one, is that a sacrifice was made. All of us are sinners and fall short of God's glory. Now, now, glory, right, is impossible for us to, it's impossible for us to receive true and perfect righteousness on our own, right? It's only possible for us to receive it through the cleansing of sin by the sacrifice that was made. Well, how? Who made this sacrifice? Who was willing to give up something, right? Right, because, because here's the thing. We see ourselves as royalty. We see ourselves as important. You is smart. You is kind and you is important. We see ourselves as this. And if you are really who you value yourself to be, then it was going to be a strong price that needed to be paid for you. If you really see yourself as who you actually should be, right, who you, who you think you are, then they, they couldn't just, hey, you got changed for a dollar, right? I'm going to buy Gwen. No. It had to be a big sacrifice, a price made. Well, I want you to know that we've been approved by God because, hear this, a price was paid, and it was an ultimate price. It was a price far greater than a blank check. It was a price far greater than a new house. It was a price far greater than a new car. Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice on the cross, and hear this, we cannot do it on our own, but as followers of Jesus, 
we possess the righteousness of Christ because God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, Jesus, who was sinless, became the sacrifice so that we can be made right with God. On the cross, Jesus Christ exchanged our sin for his perfect righteousness so that we can one day stand before God, not with sin, but stand before God with holy righteousness, right? In other words, right, Jesus, right, through his finished work on the cross, Leah Gullet applied to us what I like to call holy bleach, right? He drenched us with his blood so that we can be made right with God. Everything that was wrong with you, he made it right. Every stain that was in your life, he cleansed you. Everything that was wrong, he made it right. Y'all remember the song. We talk about it all the time. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Living, he justified freeing me forever. And one day, he's coming back. Glorious day. That means that a sacrifice was made. He took my sins on his back, died on the cross, was buried in a borrowed tomb, but all three days later, he rose from the grave with all power in his hand. A sacrifice was made. He made a sacrifice. Christ gave his life. Think about this. Think about this. Christ gave his life so that we can stand before God with integrity. He gave his life so we can stand before God with purity. He gave his life so that we can stand before God with virtue. Because of his sacrifice, we are made right in the sight of God. Because of his sacrifice, we are made right with God. We are accepted as righteous and treated as righteous by God. That was a sacrifice. While our sin causes separation through Christ, we have God's approval because one, he made a sacrifice. You see that in those first couple of verses. He used words like, how do we know it was a sacrifice made from this text? Because he uses words like redeemed, right? Y- y- y'all remember, right, the old Northwest Plaza, right? Right. Y- y'all remember Tilt? I told y'all about that before the illustration. Right. And Tilt, you would go in through the food court and it was a it was a basement down there. Right. You would go down there and then it was a big sign in neon lights to say Redemption Center. Right. You would play all these games only to get these tokens or these tickets. And then you go back and exchange your tokens or your tickets, right, for a prize, right? Because of what you've done, you can go now and redeem, right, what's yours, right? Do you know, right, that if life is a game, Jesus got all the tickets? If life is a game, Jesus got all the tickets. And what what Jesus does is he goes back, right? He goes back or comes to us or, or goes to everything that the enemy stole, right? All the people that the enemy stole, he says, listen, here's the tickets. I'm redeeming them for my own glory. Right. He uses words in his text like redeem or or he uses Davina, what I like to call a Mike Williams word. Propitiation. Right. Propitiation is just a fancy word, really, that that, that really helps to see that what Jesus did was satisfactory. It was enough. 
right? I know, right, um, through this life, we begin to question and think through, is Jesus really enough? Do I need Jesus and something else? I'm going to answer that question for you, right? Uh, they used to sing a song, right, at Mercy Seat Baptist Church, right? And it was led by a man named Maurice Strong, right? And he would just... So this is what I need. He would get like this and he would say, Jesus is all I need when I'm all alone. He's by my side. Right. He'll pick me up. Right. Jesus is all I need. Then the choir would like, like the choir didn't get excited about much. But when they did. Right. It was this particular song. Right. They would just keep on since Cassandra repeating all I need. All I need. Jesus is all I need. And then at the end of the song, Maurice Strong, rest in peace. Right. He would go. He's all. He's all. He's all I need. Why would he get so excited about the song? Because he knew something that Romans 3 was trying to get us to see. Jesus is all we need. He's all we need. There's, there's a sacrifice because of his redemption, because of his propitiation, right? Um, um, we, while our sin causes separation through Christ, we have God's approval because one, he made a sacrifice, but number two, we can be approved by God, not only because of the sacrifice that Christ made, but number two, the sacrifice must be believed. It got to be believed. I know, right? We have this, this thought sometimes that all the work and onus is on Jesus. Pre-salvation it is, because ain't nothing you can do. <laughs> but once you acknowledge the finished work of Jesus, it takes some work on your behalf. It's called faith. The sacrifice must be believed. He said in verse 21, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God, hear this, through faith in Jesus for all who believe. For there is no distinction, y'all. We must have faith. We must believe in Jesus. To have faith in Jesus, right, simply means, hear this, to trust him. Nate, I'm going to tell you a secret since it's only me and you in this room. Everybody trusts God until it's time to trust God, Right? It's interesting that we we quote scripture, but we have no faith. We shout when we hear our favorite song, but we have no faith. Right. As soon as things get hard, God, where are you? He's saying, I've always been there. Where's your faith? To have faith in Jesus means to trust him simply. Trust him fully. Trust him without reservation. See, on one occasion before Jesus healed two blind men, he asked them, do you believe I'm able to do this? <laughs> Any Bible readers, right? He asked, do you believe that I can do this? And they answered, yeah, Lord. That's in Matthew 9, right? They said, uh, yeah, Lord, we believe you can do this. And according to their faith, he healed them, right? The men simply trusted not only the power, but the goodness of the Lord, and they received their sight. Just what if the things that you were going through that had you drowning, God want to pull you out of it, but all he needs you to do is trust him? What if, what if the very thing that God has taken you through, he's trying to get you to learn something in it, but you just won't trust him through it? 
See, hear this. When, when, when a person has faith in Jesus, it means that he or she believes that Jesus is God in human form and trusts what Jesus has done, died and resurrected. This faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ is what saves, right? If you need, right, biblical evidence of that, read Romans 10 or even 1 Corinthians 15, right? Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ, 1 John 5 says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Y'all know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The key here is belief. The key is belief. Uh, belief in what? It, it, belief, let me tell you, belief, genuine belief in Jesus is a response to God's love. It's a response to God's love. And anyone who places his or her faith in Jesus has the promise of eternal life. And without faith in Jesus, y'all, we remain in sin and cannot be accepted into God's presence in, in his perfect heaven. With faith in Jesus, y'all, we are given access to the father as God's children. Understand this, to have faith in Jesus. To have faith in Jesus is to reject all other ways of salvation. To have faith in Jesus, what you're communicating is, Lord, I want to take my hands off and I want to trust you fully. We cannot trust in Jesus and something else. We must trust in Jesus alone. In fact, come here, Acts for salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to which mankind, um, by which mankind will be saved. And that's Christ. Salvation is exclusive. Jesus is the only way. While all of us are sinners, the opportunity is before us is to be justified, to be made right with God. And that comes by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone. On the basis of what Jesus did on the cross, the sacrifice, God now sees his people not as they are, but as they will be in Christ. God, you know, God through Christ sees you perfect. God through Christ, right? Sister Cassandra sees you as holy. God through Christ, brother Clint, sees you without sin. Like, think about it, right? God, th th there's a distinct difference between God, the giver of life, and Santa Claus, the giver of gifts. Think about this. Y'all know what they say about Santa Claus. He's making a list. He's checking it. He going to find out who naughty or nice, right? But Jesus does something different. His love keeps no record of wrong. He ain't making no lists. He ain't checking it twice, right? He, he, because he loves you that much. Your faith, right, in Jesus should be a response to the love of Jesus. God, our father and creator, treated Christ as if he were a sinner, though he was not, and had him die as a substitute, as the propitiation to pay the penalty for our sins, right? Today, all of us here, we really like the privilege to be made right, to be justified, to be acceptable to God. But in order to do so, y'all, we must understand that we look, look, we, we are all sinners and can't do anything on our own. Therefore, Christ 
became the sacrifice by which we can be made right with God and we must have faith. Believe in Jesus and his finished work on the cross. While our sin causes separation through Christ, we have God's approval because Jesus made a sacrifice and we have faith in that sacrifice that was made and we must have faith in that sacrifice that was made. But there's a question. There's a question that we got to think through. Because many times we see passages like these and say, yeah, the sermon was good, but it didn't really speak to me. What, what, what does it, it got to do with my marriage? What does this have to do with my, my friendships? What does this have to do with my job? Because I'm ready to pop off on my boss. What does this have to do with me being a parent? Because my kids worked at one nerve. It ain't my kids. It's y'all kids. What do I do with this, right? I'm going to tell you. Because right here, as he closes this chapter, he, he, he gives us some actions. Because of the sacrifice and because of faith, he gives us some actions. And I'm going to show that to you. We are approved for right relationship with the Father because of the sacrifice of the Son. You know, the only way to get to the Father is through the Son. We've been approved for right relationship with the Father because of the sacrifice of the Son. Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Our sins are forgiven. Our wrongs have been washed away. Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, gave his life to allow us to be made right with God. Let me tell you, God in this, God is not asking us to work and earn our salvation by being good. He's not asking us to perform rituals or, or doing church activities to be in relationship with him. The command is to simply to trust and believe in the critical work of Christ, which took place when he died on the cross. Whoever believes on him will not die, but have everlasting life. For he has made him to be sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. All other human salvation formulas are not acceptable to him. Right? It's time for us to stop doing church work and do the work of the church. He's not calling us to do for him as much as he's calling us to be with him. Right? Jesus made the sacrifice. As we think about being accepted by God and being made right with God, right, we have to stop being Jesus in our own lives and in the lives of others. Jesus made the sacrifice and our faith must not be in our actions, but it must be in the finished work of Christ. Now remember, you might be here, you may be thinking, because of Christ, I'm approved, hallelujah. I'm approved and not denied. Now, what do I do with this? How does this apply to my marriage? How does this apply to my manhood, my, my womanhood? How does this apply to me as a leader? How does this apply to me as a co-worker, a mother, a father, or even a friend? What are, the, the real questioner is, what are the implications of Christ's sacrifice in my life? What are the implications, right? Not only of Christ's sacrifice, but what are the implications of my faith in the sacrifice? Another way to think through that is, what conclusions can I draw from this? What actions, Pastor Mike, does this call me to? Eric, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Look at Romans 3, verse 27. 
then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. What do we do with this? What is he saying in these last few verses as he closed out this chapter? He's saying because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, right? Because of your faith in the sacrifice that Jesus made. Number one, he's pointing out here that you ain't got no reason to boast. In other words, he calls us to humility. Because we have right relationship with God and good things happen in our life, we have no reason to boast. There is nothing you've done so good to make you deserve what you got. There's nothing you've done so well that you need a kingdom promotion. Right. Can I tell you, Christianity, Christianity is not a hierarchy. Just because I'm the pastor, that don't make me no higher than you. My accountability is greater, but it don't make me no higher than you. We have no reason to boast, right? I have no, none of us have no heaven or hell to put nobody else in. There's no saving blood flowing through our veins. We have no reason to boast, right? right. Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made and us um, having faith in the sacrifice that he's made, we can't boast. We got to be humble. Y'all have heard me say that knowledge without application produces pride, right? Well, if knowledge without application produces pride, then what we know about God applied makes us humble. If knowledge without application produces pride, then knowledge about God applied makes us humble. Not only, right, does he call us here, not only does he call us here to humility, but if you really look at this closely, he also calls us to unity. He calls us to unity. He says right here in this text. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is the one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith, by no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. He calls us to humility, but he also calls us to unity. What is it? Why does this call us to unity? Why do we see that this calls us to unity, right? Because we are all saved the same way. We are all saved the same way before the same God. We are united by the same gospel. If anyone could attain salvation in some special way, there would be separation. But, but, but there can't be, right? Because, right, because of Jesus' sacrifice, we, we, uh, because of his sacrifice, we have faith in that sacrifice. It calls us to unity, right? Y'all have heard me talk of the illustration before about how, how my grandmama used to say the oil and water can't mix. But it ain't true. It ain't true, right? Let me tell you, how I know it's true, because if you add an egg, the egg acts as an emulsifier, which you stir it together 
and it brings the oil and water together to make mayonnaise, right? That's what the gospel is. The gospel acts as an egg or serves as an emulsifier, right? Because all of us are saved by the same gospel, saved by the same God, sacrifice made by the same Jesus, right? So because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, the gospel of Jesus Christ stirs us together. So people who wouldn't normally stick together now stick. People who wouldn't hang out together now hang. People who would normally shout together can now shout together. People who would normally worship, wouldn't worship together can now worship simply because the gospel gospel brings unity. The gospel brings unity. Listen, I've heard it said this way. There ain't nobody that is saved, that got saved without hearing the gospel. We're all saved by the same gospel. The cross of Christ, it destroys discrimination. The cross of Christ destroys division. The cross of Christ brings unity to the mature and the immature. The cross of Christ brings togetherness among those who place their faith in Jesus. The cross of Christ gives approval to those who feel denied. Not only... Does this text call us because of Jesus' sacrifice and our faith in the sacrifice? Not only does it call us to humility, not only does it call us to unity, but hear this. In the very last verse, he calls us to obedience. He calls us to obedience. He said, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we hear this. He says, Davina, <laughs> Davina, you're going to love this. He says, how I know you're going to love it? Because I'm telling you. Listen. He says, do we overthrow the law? He says, by no means. But but in other words, we uphold the law. What is the law? It's the word of God. Right. We uphold the word. We live the word. We share the word. Right. We we study the word. We rest in the word. We marinate in the word. All right. Come here. Uh, Philippians four, whatever is pure, whatever is just, whatever is praiseworthy. Think through, meditate, process these things. See, it's not just good enough to know the sacrifice of Christ or to have faith in the sacrifice of Christ. But 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 when you rest in this, you know that it ain't about you. So you ain't got no reason to boast. Right. You know that you ain't no different from nobody else. So you pursue unity and you might as well be obedient to it. What good does it do you to know the word and not live it? Right. How do I know this? He said something. Pastor Darren, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart was rolled away and it was there by faith. I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. Y'all have heard it. Alas, and did my savior bleed and did my sovereign die? Would he devote the sacred head for such a worm as I? He says at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart, it rolled away and it was there by faith. I received it. It was my sight and now I'm happy all the day. That means because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for me, I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. I don't have to be nervous. I don't have to trip off of what's happening in this world because at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart 
rolled away. It was there. By faith, I received my sight. And now I'm happy. Anybody happy? Anybody got joy? Simply because Jesus did for me what I could not do for myself. Jesus took my sin on his back. He died on the cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. But early Sunday morning, come on, y'all know they used to say that, but right early Sunday morning, Jesus got up with all power, not just some power, but all power. He got up with it in his hands. Therefore, I don't have to be distracted by what's not happening. I don't have to be bogged down by my sin because at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart, it rolled away. It was there. By faith, I received my sight. And now, and now, and now, and now, I don't have to wait till tomorrow for my joy. I don't have to wait till next week for my peace. I don't have to wait till next month for my shout. I don't have to wait. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret because now I have the privilege because of what my Jesus did on the cross. I have the right. I have the privilege to be happy, not because of my own doing, but because of the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sin far away. Living, he justified freeing me forever and one day he's coming back glorious day it's because of his sacrifice that i'm approved it's because of his finished work that righteousness has been credited to me not because of something that i'm able to do but simply because of his finished work on the cross we're approved and not denied we're approved and not denied. We're approved and not denied. Shelton, I'm going to say it till we get it. We're approved and not denied. 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 Maybe you're here. Just maybe. Maybe you're here. Thank you for listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by the message on today. To respond to today's message, please go to fcbcstl.com forward slash respond. If you would like to give to support the mission and vision of Faith Community Bible Church, you can go to fcbcstl.com forward slash give. God bless.